An interesting study has been done trying to answer the question about whether or not you can control your own happiness. I guess science has an answer. In the tracking happiness survey, people answered a bunch of different questions. And when you tabulate the answer, something interesting occurs regarding whether or not happiness is in our control. And the people who thought were more unhappy. And the people who felt were happier. Do you think that's a thing? The way I've read scripture often is that Kind of. to be with me for decades. Woo! <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> just supposed to, uh, no, that yeah, is yeah. a happy thing. Is that <laughs> I think often as Christians, we give this perception that if you become a follower of Christ, sad things don't happen anymore. Right. Because what we do is we ignore them. We sweep them under the rug, and we're just joyful all the time. How you doing? Well, I was just in a car wreck, but I'm blessed and highly favored. Yeah. yeah. You made me so... He spends a lot of time it complaining is, about yeah. life, about all the things in life that aren't great, where he says essentially the same thing over and over again, which is, life is hard, life is hard. Oh, it's horrible. Isn't this unfair? Look at this. This is terrible. And then he goes, you know what, so now I've decided to do, I've decided. You know what we're about to do? We're about to get real. We're about to have conversations that Christians have behind closed doors. The scary ones, the ones that make you feel uncomfortable, that's where we going. Why? Because we're family. Ustedes son mi familia. This is the Brian and Janelle podcast. She's Janelle. I'm Brian. And if you don't want to miss anything, just hit that subscribe button. This is the Brian and Janelle podcast. So happiness and joy, I've, I've heard Christians try to make distinctions between the two, and I was under the impression that there is one. Uh, although, as I was looking at an article from Desiring God, Randy Alcorn was interviewed, and what he said is that when you look up in the dictionary, for example, happiness and joy, they're essentially synonyms. Oh. I've, I've, heard... I've heard there's differences, but I think it's difficult to distinguish the two. I mean, I've said before, I think on the radio, that... Joy in the Lord is this underlying sense of peace. Like, I can be joyful even in the midst of sorrow because I know there's a God who's in control of everything, and happiness is more of a fleeting emotion. But Randy Elkhorn doesn't agree with that. He says that the Bible uses it interchangeably. Okay. What do you think? I mean, I don't think Randy Elkhorn's the the guy who defines happiness for all of us. Yeah, he's looking at an American dictionary. Right. And I wonder in, like, Greek, Hebrew, Aramaic— if the words are uh, synonyms, Syn- right, right. I was going to say synonymical, but oh, I like that better. Yeah, go with that. <laughs> anyway, that that might help to define the difference by what words the original authors used. Yeah, yeah. Well, and he he gave some examples about how some famous preachers like Jonathan Edwards and Charles Spurgeon used them interchangeably in a sense. Yeah. So. The scientific study we want to look at, I think, is compelling in that 
It's asking the question of whether or not we can control our happiness. And in the midst of it, they cite some surveys over the years and some studies about happiness itself. And in case you don't remember, we talked about this quite a while ago, but happiness itself, when you study it, is a U-curve based on age. Yeah, that was surprising. Maybe, maybe you weren't with us for that one. I don't <laughs> but know I read about it recently, and it surprised me. It surprised me because society seems to send the opposite message. But to know that after a certain age, I think it's like late 40s, early 50s, the happiness curve goes up. Did it surprise you when you first first saw it? It would have surprised me years ago, but knowing that I'm kind of towards the bottom of the U in my in my life, I kind of <laughs> I get it. So for those who are curious, there was a, a a professor at Dartmouth College that has well researched this idea of the U curve. So in general, this curve indicates that happiness generally decreases from age 18 and reaches a peak unhappiness. So the bottom of the U is at age 47. From wow. there, the happiness That's when levels. That's you got like your last teen as an adult. <laughs> uh, yeah, see? Uh, and, and from there, the happiness levels gradually increase again. So if you're thinking about the shape of a U, yeah. the pit of despair in life, essentially, yeah. not despair, but the lowest level of happiness is age 47. You know, Dr. Slattery, about two weeks ago, remember when she said the impact that raising kids has on your happiness? Like she's like, that's actually a thing in those years of rearing children. So not everybody has kids, but there's just even the grind of life, the stresses of work and your building, whether it's moving up the career ladder or raising kids. So it makes sense now. So it makes sense to you? Uh, to me, it does. Based on different people we've talked to. And even when you look at our season, you're not fully unhappy, but there's extra stresses I get. Yeah. But I'm not on the other side yet. So I know right. there's stresses you just looked for at older Ron when people. You said that. Well, he has <laughs> he has adult kids. I know there are stresses, but it's believable. I just like to point out that normally I'm the one who does that, but you looked at Ron when you said that. <laughs> that he's on the other side <laughs> of the side. Oh, Ron. But, but but it's true. I think and this is gonna sound ridiculous, but it there is truth to it that as you're getting older, you're realizing less comparison. Oh, yeah. Uh, you're not worried about, like, I'm never going to be a corporate CEO. I'm never going to be a millionaire, let alone a billionaire. I'm never going to, you know, all those things that when you're younger, you you think are within reach. I could yeah. do that, maybe. And now you you let go of some of those things that, that hold you back. Mm-hmm. And you also realize more and more your friends are not around anymore. So you tend to be like, appreciating those friends that you still have and the things that you have in life Mm. rather than when you're younger, everybody's there and you don't notice the losses as much, I guess. Yeah. And see on the other end of the U curve, when I, let's say I'm like 18 or 19 or 20, that Brian would have said, what's wrong with you? 40 somethings. It's so weird. Like, why would that be such a, Mm -hmm. such a terrible time with low levels of happiness? Yeah. But really, if you're doing averages, I would I would assume, like Janelle said, that's when you're in the heat of parenting. You've been doing it for a while, and you don't see the end of the, end yeah. of the tunnel yet. You're starting to see the light. And uh, your kids are in seasons where you're, I mean, you know, hormonally or mm-hmm. in terms of their seasons where there's rift and stress in the family. And you may not see the end. Like, you don't have the perspective of sure. this will pass. 
I could see how that could take you to your lowest. Well, and you're maybe 15, 20 years into marriage and you're like, That's wasn't this supposed to get easier? Hello, yeah. And, then, <laughs> and you're probably career-wise in a in a area where you've been fighting it out to try to get every yeah. in, new position that's opened or or the raises and now you're getting to that point where man I am so tired of having to fight yes and every year justify why I should even get a paycheck here let alone get a raise yeah and then so you you've been fighting that fight for so long and you're about to get to the point where you can just let go and say so what if they let me go they'll find out how much they miss me well, and yeah, yeah, yeah. and yet at the same time, like Sarah and I have looked at each other and we've calculated that we're basically to the point where we still have half of our work lives left. Yeah. So, you know, you hear from people on Thursdays with Dave Safransky saying like, oh, yeah. you know, I've, I've got X number of years till retirement. It's like, I'm not going to even start adding those up. Yeah. And so I'm not saying that that's a terrible thing. I love my job. It's just, you're you kind get to of, be with me for decades. Woo! Okay. Uh, to, uh, no, that yeah, is yeah. a happy thing. Is a happy thing. <laughs> yeah. So uh, w- with that in mind, understanding that's a U-curve. And yeah. honestly, this is, again, why I like Ecclesiastes. I think for some people who are in that phase of life, they need to just hear that they're not alone. Yeah. yeah. That if you are struggling with happiness and you're in your 40s, it's quite normal, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what studies indicate is the time when you would struggle with that. But I like, it sounds hopeful to think you're more in control than you think. And I think even in our season, we have something to learn from those who are like on the up curve. Ron said stuff that I think I'm already writing down that maybe we can learn about. Hmm. Yeah, well, and, and on top of that, we'll dig into this survey called Tracking Happiness to figure out what science says. And then we'll compare that to scripture as to how much you truly can control your level of happiness. Yeah. In the Tracking Happiness survey, people answered a bunch of different questions, things like, can we control our own happiness? And is happiness something you can control? Which is the same question phrased differently. <laughs> and if you look back at the last year of your life, how would you rate your level of happiness in a scale from one to 10? And when you tabulate the answer, something interesting occurs regarding whether or not happiness is in our control. Hey, it's Brian. If you've been a faithful listener to this podcast, we're just super grateful for you. Can't thank you enough for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us in our journey to follow Jesus a little more closely every day. But I got to remind you about something. We're listener supported. We're a ministry of Moody Radio in Cleveland, and it's donations from people who listen to us just like you that allow us to keep making episodes. So rather than tiptoe, because I'm not good at that, or dance around it, because I certainly can't dance, I'm going to be direct. We need your money, your financial support. Would you consider a donation to this ministry? A gift of any amount will make a huge difference. If you want to donate, we'd be so grateful. Just go to moodyradio.org slash Cleveland. Again, moodyradio.org slash Cleveland. Thanks. There was this study done, it was called Tracking Happiness, where a whole bunch of people, about 1,154 people, were given questions to answer. But it was two kinds of questions. It would be anything from, 
ways to rate their own level of happiness mm -hmm. to their opinion on whether or not they can control their own happiness. Yeah. And what was really interesting, I could give you all the data, but I felt like it just added to confusion on this. But ultimately, what they discovered is that those who feel they can control their happiness have correlations to higher levels of happiness. Okay. As in the people who thought it was totally out of their control were more unhappy. And the people who felt they could yeah. control their own level of happiness were happier. Does that surprise okay. you? Do, do you think that's a thing? You know, I don't think it surprises me. And my initial response is that the way I've read scripture often is that it's, it's a choice. Mm -hmm. I know that sounds really weird, but happiness is a choice. Where you, you're connecting that to scripture. How are you getting that? Well, the first place I got that was my awkward fascination with Ecclesiastes. Oh, yeah. Where when you read it, a lot of people skip it because they feel like it makes them depressed because mm -hmm. he spends a lot of time it complaining is. about yeah. life, yeah. about all the things in life that aren't great. But then he talks about making a choice. Mm -hmm. The writer in a bunch of different spots, Ecclesiastes 8.15, Ecclesiastes 3.12-13, 2.24-25, 9.7-10, 5.8-20. Uh, I mean, so many. So like, for example, Ecclesiastes 3.12-13. So I concluded there's nothing better than to be happy and enjoy ourselves as long as we can. And people should eat and drink and enjoy the fruits of their labor, for these are gifts from God. Ecclesiastes 8.15. So I recommend having fun because there's nothing better for people in this world than to eat, drink, and enjoy life. That way they'll experience some happiness along with all the hard work God gives them under the sun. And I could give you more examples where he says essentially the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. Which is life is hard. Life is hard. Oh, it's horrible. Isn't this unfair? Look at this. This is terrible. The, the wicked prosper. The good die young. Blah, blah, blah. Billy Joel said that too, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then he goes, you know what? So now I, I've decided to do, I've decided mm -hmm. that I'm going to enjoy life. Yeah. That's a choice. And I think there's other passages yes. that indicate the same thing. First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. I love this one. In 16, it says, always be joyful. Always. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. And again, it does imply a choice. It's not connected to seasons or if something happens. It's like be joyful. And I love the connection of thankful, like being thankful in all circumstances. I've heard that in terms of how it relates to our joy and our happiness there's always something to be grateful for. That's actually a routine I love. I used to love doing when I had my mornings before I worked and before the kids would get up and I would spend time by myself listing things that I was thankful for. And it was so powerful, especially in times of stress or times of sorrow, because it forced me to, sit, to see, no, there are things that are going well. And I think it's perspective. You know, I've had season when my dad was sick, as an example, where you have like it's a valid, stressful, sad season. But even then, there are things where you could say, wow, Lord, thank you for this. Thank you for that. And it shifts your joy and your attitude. But there's a fine line there where I start to get really irritated because I think often as Christians, we give this perception that if you become a follower of Christ, sad things don't happen anymore. Right. Because what we do is we ignore them. We sweep them under the rug. And we're just joyful all the time. How are you doing? Well, I was just in a car wreck, but I'm blessed and highly favored. Yeah. yeah. Like, no, I, I don't like that. I think that's insincere. 
Yeah. And I, like- I, I, I think we're given clear permission to have a bad day in Scripture yeah. and to think things are sad. And I think that's where the difference of happiness and joy come in. And I know you can use them interchangeably, but happiness to me is more of an emotion. Joy is like a state of mind. Mm-hmm. Rick Warren says, joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. The quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be okay, and the determined choice to praise God in every situation. So even when you said, like, you got to walk around saying, hey, I'm joyful or I'm happy, (laughs) that's more like happiness, like the emotion of happiness. But the settled confidence, in spite of anything that's going on of God's got this, is more joy. But see, what I want to pick your brain on is one of the great challenges I've had in life is I do believe this, and I've believed it for a long time, that happiness is a choice in a sense. Joy is a choice. It's a really hard concept to teach because I think it's counterintuitive. Yeah. Whenever I try to, you know, tell my kids, choose to react differently to this. Choose mm-hmm. to be happy. They act, they look at me like I'm crazy, like I'm mayor of crazy town. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> well, maybe you know, that's a whole different problem. Mr. Mayor. <laughs> so how do we actually begin to teach this concept? Yeah. I, I'd love to get your thoughts on that. Yeah. I think scripture backs that up. I mean, we're told to choose joy and happiness. And it goes so much with the way that I think God would make us to not be victims or like swayed by like, oh, something happens and here goes your emotions and then something else happens and here, you know, like I think he's created us to be more in control. When you're spirit filled, it makes sense that you would be more in control of your emotions and and happiness. I think so. But this is why I love Ecclesiastes so much, because it gives permission to be frustrated and disappointed and angry and still tells you to choose happiness in the midst of it. Mm -hmm. But one of my dilemmas, and hopefully Ron can solve this since, as you pointed out before, (laughs) he's way on the other side of the happiness U-curve. Way. That's messed up. I did say that in a good way, though. But we yeah, gotta find I'm out. Climbing the happy hill. Yeah. He looks <laughs> At this happy point, it's a vertical. It's a ladder, <laughs> straight up and down. Uh, we gotta figure out how do you teach this idea to the younger people around you because they yeah. they think that you're nuts when you try to teach this. Yeah, they do. When we first started the conversation, as we talk about happiness and joy, and can we control it? Someone texted and said. You guys are about to talk about this. That's so cool. I just woke up this morning telling myself, in spite of the season I'm in, I'm going to be happy. So we know there are people listening that are going through tough seasons. We have Moody Radio Cleveland Prayer Group Facebook page. It's like a group on Facebook. You can go there, share your prayer requests, and have the listening family join you in praying through whatever you're going through. Uh, because we know that's a key element in joy in a believer's life, prayer. So we, we've been talking about how we believe, at least, it's consistent with Scripture when you look at the tracking happiness survey that found there's a, there's a correlation between those who believe you can control your happiness yeah. and actually being happier. As in, yeah, you can control it because they're happier mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> than they, since they believe they can. And so yeah. what I'm trying to figure out, though, is how do you teach this concept? Because when I've tried to teach this when I was a teacher to students— that, that we can choose how we, we respond to things yeah. and how we feel. They always look at me like I'm crazy. And I think it's not, I think the, the thing is we're in a culture that, that sends the opposite message. I think that's what it is. It's not so much that it doesn't make logical sense. It's just that we don't sound like 
what the culture is saying. Even if you look at ads, it's like, look, if you get such and such, you'll be happier. It's always attached to yeah. something. But you say young people, and I'm also thinking even um, younger believers yeah. or people around you. Paul in Cleveland, how do you teach happiness and joy? Hey, um, actually, Brian, got to see you at uh, Galvanize when you stopped by. Oh, fantastic. Aww, right. cool. Good to talk to you again, brother. I love your group, man. Did I have a blast with you guys? No, it was great having you. Um, I just had a couple thoughts here. I'll try to share them quick. Um, so basically, I don't know that you can necessarily teach happiness. From my experience, happiness is based off of my happenings, what's happening around me, whereas joy is a state of mind where I'm at peace with what's happening around me. Janelle, you, made a, you mentioned a point about peace. Yeah. And Brian, when I think about your stop to galvanize and when I think about the first step in a 12-step program, we came to believe that our lives have become unmanageable. I can no longer manage my life. Yeah. And I'm powerless over my separation. Now, with happiness, I may be able to choose to do certain things in my life that I feel happy doing. I can choose to go take a walk in the park. Mm -hmm. And that makes me happy for the most part. But happiness looks different for every person. And sometimes even when I'm walking in the park, I'm not necessarily happy because of what's going on around me. So moments like that, it's not necessarily that I'm looking to choose to try to make myself feel happy. I'm trying to find a state of peace. Yeah. If I remember correctly, it's in Ephesians 4. It talks about peace beyond all understanding. I'm really sorry. I can't recall. No, that's okay. Yeah, the uh, peace that transcends all understanding will be in your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Yeah, I mean, it's talking about that so often, and Paul brings this up too, that despite our circumstances, our status of salvation through Christ is something that can bring us a consistent measure of joy. Yeah. Because the gospel itself is not something that's based on our works. So many other religious thinking and, and philosophy and theory is based on our, our works. And we as Christians kind of go, listen, we can't be good. We need Christ. And I think the gospel itself produces joy because it's such good news. Right. And so, and just some experience in talking with people, I even had one person state that they believe that God's ultimate goal for us is ultimate happiness, in which I do not see that anywhere in Scripture. Yeah, no, that's not there, yeah. And so, just something I want to be cautious of as we're talking about this topic, is for those who feel unhappy and feel that they need to find a way to control their happiness, I suggest surrender. I know I find much more peace when I surrender than I do trying to control how I feel, because my feelings, man, they're everywhere, (laughs) every day. Yeah. yeah, and you, you make a great point, and I think it's one of the reasons I love what people like your group are doing in terms of Christian recovery, where because it's prerequisite is admitting that you can't do things and that you're a mess. And that, I think, in and of itself, brings a measure of joy, doesn't it? Because you, you don't have to keep fighting. It does. Honestly, um, even in accepting things about myself that I don't like, or accepting circumstances that do not make me happy, quite frankly. Yeah. That is a choice I can make when I choose to surrender that over to the will of God and ask for him to take it instead of me trying to control it. It does bring a peace. And I believe that happiness can be a symptom of joy. Yes. Peace can be a symptom of it. Absolutely. I'm with you on that, Paul. 
And I even think about the advice of the writer in Ecclesiastes, where mm-hmm. it really is something where, you know, you could have a rough week even, or a rough season, and you can still choose to do things that bring you joy. Yeah, God's given us wonderful gifts in life. Maybe it's, you know, you've had a rough week at work, but man, you love your wife. So, mm-hmm. you know what you're going to do? You're going to spend a nice evening with your wife. And that's a good thing to do to kind of get your mind off things. It's practical too. Paul, you've brought us some wonderful wisdom today, some good thoughts on whether or not we can and how to control our own happiness. And if you've ever wondered why Janelle is always so joyful, it's because I'm so funny. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we all know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Waka waka. Hey, hold up. Where are you going? You know you like your time with us. You want more. So go ahead. Look down. Hit that button right there and subscribe. And you'll get updated episodes. And then you can hang some more. And guess what? You can help us out. How? A five-star rating. Hello. You can also hang with us live weekday mornings from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Download the Moody Radio mobile app, and you're able to connect with us. Or just go to brianandjanelle.org. And we didn't put this together all by ourselves. There's some great people behind this production. We want to thank Ronnie Swood, Kelly Ryder, Paul Carter, Mike Reynolds, Alan Perry, and our awesome and fearless leader, Josue Villa. And finally, this podcast is a production of Moody Radio in Cleveland, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.